Welcome to the Knox Den Podcast. I am John, and joining me, my first ever guest, my brother, Rowan. Uh, hi. <laughs> this is my first ever podcast, too. Um, I think we're both excited. Um, okay, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just being funny. He sounds funny. Um, so let's paint a picture real quick for the listener. Uh, we are in a basement. That's why it's called the Knox Den. Our last name's Knox. Uh, and it's also my bedroom. So tell us about you, Rowan. What are you doing in life? All right. Well, uh, currently, obviously, on the podcast. Um, uh, obviously. Uh, well, for me, um, definitely taking a big turning point in my life right now. You know, I just graduated from high school. Um, I did a victory lap, which was awful. Uh, didn't really have that much fun. You know, high school's all right. Um, I'm going to be going to Conestoga College in Cambridge uh, starting in January. I'm pretty excited for that because I'll be doing a pre-firefighter training. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'll be staying on residence, which is uh, everyone talks uh, about being like the number one experience they've ever had in their life, you know, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be really fun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to definitely you know, crack down on, you know, my education, make sure I don't party too much. That's what they all say. Yeah. Well, so why um why firefighting? Uh, actually, this this summer, I uh, did a fencing job, uh, a post installation for fence uh, fences in the summer. Um, my my twin brother Rory actually got me into it. John's brother too. <laughs> yes, we're all brothers. That's how it works. <laughs> um. And I just made re really realize that I need to do something physical. I, you know, I just couldn't stand doing a desk job. Like sitting at a desk all day in school was horrible. In like grade twelve and eleven, you know, mm -hmm. I was doing university classes, so like books were the most important. You know, studying and you know, mm -hmm. so academics exactly it's funny how the educate education system uh works where it's basically just memorizing a bunch of shit on a page uh and you keep reading it again and again until you retain it and maybe you know different kids try to write write stuff down over and over again like writing lines almost or like highlighting crap in their books for open book tests and stuff and it's just like this desperate attempt to memorize everything for that test and then it just floods out of your brain uh as soon as the semester is done basically so yeah you know and and for, for, for a lot of people that like you that are really gifted with like physical stuff uh labor work or like a trades you know like i think trades is a super important uh career field um and a very good one to get into and then school it's like you know why don't they teach people about that like i don't think anybody knows how to like anybody in, at least at school has taught how to even put a a simple like shelf together or make their own bed yeah so it's just like typical house stuff you know like oh your pipe is leaking like how do you fix that yeah. you know i don't have 
based on what I know from school, I don't have a freaking clue. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, oh, my toilet's clogged. Okay, use the, the plunger. That fails. What do I do now? Yeah. I don't know. Or, like, most people probably uh, don't know how to use a breaker in their first home. Like, what if you freaking go to switch a fuse and you freaking electrocute yourself because yeah. you didn't turn the breaker off? All we have like, now is uh, Google and uh, YouTube. Yeah. Which, they yeah, are very helpful. Don't get me wrong, but, like, What's what's gonna happen if you're moving in? And you don't have Wi-Fi. I guess you could use data, but yeah, no, we're people our age are totally reliant on this, and I think that's just a testament of the fact that the something's wrong with the system where we're supposed to be able to go off on our own and be educated in quotations. People, um, no, I think there is still a lot of value to the current education system and. You know, what's there, learning about what's going on in the world, learning about our history. I think all that stuff is good to know. Um, but I think there's a lot of it that we don't need either. So it's just kind of finding that balance. And I think how we're taught is the important thing. I think, you know, using the exact same method we've been using for decades, you know, um, heck, yeah. like longer than that, um, you know, line up a bunch of kids and desks and teacher's going to talk at it's a little bit six stale, hours a day. Yeah. especially well, considering like our knowledge on learning styles like there's like 12 learning styles <laughs> kinesthetic uh like mathematical techno technological there's so many different kinds like i can't, I can't name them all obviously because yeah, i would have been impressed if you got all 12 um, i was like oh shit is he gonna do <laughs> no i know that yeah and there's uh different intelligences like yeah visual musical Visual yeah. learner, yeah, all that. Exactly, and uh, in school, we're just like, you know, try to memorize this information as quick as you can, and if you memorize it right, you'll get it right on your test, and apparently, if you get a good grade on your test because you memorize this information, you know what you're talking about in that field, but mm. obviously, that's uh, very often not the case. Um, and you often see, like, lately, you see a lot of people cheating on tests, like, the amount of students cheating on tests is skyrocketing, and like, Teachers turn a blind eye to that stuff a lot because they don't, you know, they don't want to deal with the drama of getting a kid in trouble. <laughs> I know some, yeah, yeah. like some, some will for sure. There's like teachers that, you know, take their job very seriously, but there's others that it's just a, it's just another job, you know, show up just, you know, to get it done so that you can go home and do whatever you want. Like, I wonder what the numbers are on that though. Uh, like people cheating on tests or at least because i guess in order for the like what number is going up the number of people cheating on tests or the number of people being caught <laughs> yeah yeah uh, exactly yeah so uh, a bit of, ba of background on myself as well um i am well i went to college i went to, to school for film kind of discovered it wasn't for me. I rushed to school right away, right after high school. Um, kind of, you know, I think society really puts the pressure on to do that. Um, so I kind of felt that in every direction and went for it and uh, discovered that probably wasn't for me. I don't think it was the right time, but I think the biggest part of it was I just wasn't uh, um, mature right away, you know, and I went off like 20 hours drive away from away from home on my own for the first time. It was like a huge shock, you know? Um, 
like you know you don't have someone to help clean up after you or to tell you hey like you didn't hang up your coat or oh you forgot your key today or whatever like you know it sounds like you take that for granted so much um that kind of stuff until it's until you're on your own right um so anyway i went to school for film uh for a year came back home uh for discovering it wasn't for me um and then i went to school again uh but for psychology because uh, i love people i love talking to people getting to know people and i uh I think, you know, I really thought I have a, a drive to help people. Um, but I kind of, uh, the same time, I think I want to help people, but I don't know if psychology is necessarily the avenue I do want to do that. And I have a lot of interests and I think I can interact with people in several different career fields. So at this point for me, um, it's about probably taking a bit of a break from school, spending a lot of money on programs that I don't think are for me. And, uh, maybe making some money. So I'm doing some sales stuff for now, but I get to work with people every day and get to meet, get to know people, get to meet fascinating people, uh, hear about their stories as well. And I, I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. You obviously really good at sales. Like I, I've seen in your Snapchat, so that one that you sent to me, like, <laughs> you know, he's making about like $350 a month off just commission. Yeah, that's Let like alone. an addition to my extra pay and stuff. Yeah, yeah. which like, you know, a, a lot of guys that work in commission, it's not a very big number, but uh, in the field that I'm in, um, on top of the hourly pay, that's pretty good because you know one unit that I sell is worth about ten bucks, right? So, um, in a, in a in a world where you know if you get one sale a day, you're lucky, and I'm doing a bit more than that on average. Um, it's good, but actually, you know, I sent you that snap. It was three hundred at the time, but it went up to close to 500 well, by the end go. of the month. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's working out for me and it's, it's funny, like with sales, people look down on it so much. Um, like, Oh, you're like a fucking sales guy. Like this... talking to people one-on-one -on -one is uh, very hard to do these days. Um, most people are so, um, trapped behind their phones, you know, that they're so it's easy for them to talk to someone through text messaging uh, i think people like in the younger like you know the millennials yeah things like that for sure uh, and, I, and I, but i think it's also hard to talk to people even that are older than that because i think just society as a whole more mm -hmm. and more is becoming more isolated we're all becoming more closed off it's becoming less and less mm -hmm. okay to sure um be to show emotion or to even positive emotion sometimes now you know if you're laughing in public yeah. uh, somewhat loud like at the mall, people look at you like you're weird or, you know, there's something yeah. wrong with you. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely hard to interact with people and have a real, I would say, human interaction even. Not just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I think for a lot of people, even for myself for a long time, you know, the most human interaction I would have is I go to the grocery store. There's the cashier, nice person, whatever. Uh -huh. uh, you know, hi, how are you? Not bad. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not bad they're clearly miserable they're working as a cashier uh -huh. minimum wage for like eight nine hours a day whatever yeah. but that conversation you replay that every day yeah well and just at a different place you know you have to drive in to get your coffee and your burger same thing hey how's it going cool here's the change thanks whatever that's it you know that's for a lot of people like that's as much as it gets um it, and it makes me wonder you know um i think a lot of people have probably worked about customer service once or twice in their life um, and you just, you wonder why people just love to complain about yeah. crap, even if oftentimes the reasoning is very, 
You know, it just seems so unintelligent or so ridiculous to us. I wonder if they want to do that because it's just like they're so closed off and by themselves that they just want to feel something. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people are just miserable and they want to take it out on others. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's weird. So, yeah, I think in our generation, definitely, like the phones, the social media, you know, we're in our own world. Uh, we're very self-absorbed. Uh-huh. And I think for older people, it's like a, I'm seeing more and more bitter, bitterness and resentment. Perhaps that's just um, my perspective, but uh-huh. I think that's definitely how I, how I see things with that. And it, you know, I can't help but wonder why I think people, a lot of people complain about the system or, uh, you know, like, oh, I can't believe like. You know, they're adding new taxes for this or like this health care system was bullshit. And like, can you believe this guy got voted as president? And, you know, they just love to sit there and just complain all day about it. And they do nothing to actually change, make change in society or like most of the time, even in their own lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, fuck, I got diabetes and I'm I'm fucking unhealthy. Well, try fucking dieting for a month. (laughs) You know, I probably sound like a huge asshole saying that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, um, no, you I don't, like, sound like a complete asshole. Um, <laughs> but it, it's true. Most people won't take action at yeah. all. They'll just sit there and they'll, they'll victimize themselves and they'll complain all day yeah. about how uh, about how it sucks for them so much. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's it, too. Uh, a lot of people um, carry the weight of making their own excuses all the time. And you just have to, like, be able to like you know say hey like this is an excuse <laughs> yeah like no matter what it is if it's fucking waking up late you know getting to school late uh showing up to class late because you woke you didn't wake up on time you know go to bed early that's that simple <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's easy as that you just have to you know uh, be able to eliminate the problem you know, solve the problem, fix it. If you're that worried about it and, you know, hate it that much, fix it. Move forward. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely right. Um, you gotta be careful too. You know, I think it's, it's, you have to not generalize. I think there's a lot of people that go through stuff, um, that do have like genuine hurdles and obstacles to overcome. Uh Uh-huh. But I think if you don't try, that's a that's a huge part of it. But I'm not I'm not trying to say that there are people out there with a specific issue, like you know, health issues, things like their bodies are breaking down, they're giving up on the on that that person. Yeah, you know, um, there are definitely people out there that have it harder than others. You know, I understand that. Um, but yeah, I I, I just think it's important for everybody to try to do something. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, goes, not not even just like as a judgmental thing, but as like like for yourself, Rowan. Like, mm. if you were okay, because like you're a for the listener, he's like a big guy, very athletic looking gentleman. Um, Thank you. So, if you were the opposite of that, or say like you're just for whatever reason, like tomorrow you just woke up and you were like 350 pounds, gonna die. Um, you're like, well, what the fuck, man? Like. I've been in shape a whole life. I've been working for it. And all of a sudden now I'm like so fat. I'm going to die. Uh-huh. Um, would you just like, 
would you not want for yourself to get better? Like, I don't mean because society wants you to get better or because you're being judged because mm-hmm. you're bad or whatever. Huh. But wouldn't you want for yourself to? Definitely. I would definitely want uh, for myself to get better. Uh, I think if, if, if that did happen, if I was magically 350 pounds tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, hey, shit, I, you know, I worked extremely hard, you know, to, you know, get fit. Like, I'm not extremely fit, um, but I'm, like, in decent shape, I'd like to, I'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I worked hard for that. Like, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just, you know, knowing, for me, working out became very addictive because as soon as I saw results, I was just like, wow, like, I look way better than I did before the results. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think... Once you have that taste, once you get that little bit of a taste, you just, you got to keep going for it. And like, I think, um, I would, I would still know what it tastes like to, you know, work out. And it's not even just, it's not even just the results. It's also the endorphins that are released when you're exercising. Mm. Um, I'd say, Hey, I like, I would look, I, I try to look at things. Everything is a good thing. Like it, a lot of bad things happen to people. And like, sometimes in order to move forward, you have to eliminate things from your lives, but you, you got to say, Hey, this, this can also be a good thing. And I think like, uh, I'm getting really deep into this, but like, if I was 350 pounds, I'd be like, I'd, I'd try and look at it as a good thing and be like, hell yeah, let's do this. Let's be the person that lost 200 pounds. Hmm. That's a tricky thing because I'm thinking about, you know, the person that's listening to this. They're actually 350 pounds. They're probably saying like, fuck you. <laughs> Do you fucking know what this is like, man? You fucking think it's as easy as, oh yeah, I want to lose the weight. So I'm going to fucking lose the weight. Um, Cause I know like, for, like a lot of the, well, first of all, what's the overweight thing? I'm not, mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people are, over, are overweight, not just, not because like, they trashed their bodies or they didn't take care of themselves. A lot of people, their body, they're overweight because just their body metabolically is not functioning correctly. Health, health defects. They're not, yeah, they're not processing foods the way they should be. They're holding on to extra calories. Sugar is not going where it should be going. And it's just adding weight and fat. I get that, right? So, you know, the weight thing was just actually the the topic that first came to my head when I was talking about people victimizing themselves in these situations and like trying to make it better. For sure. Um, but I guess since we're talking about this subject right now, um, yeah, that guy that is sitting on here, that's 350 pounds. I think he looked at it, would look at it very differently than you saying, oh yeah, let's be the guy that lost 200 pounds. I think, you know, uh-huh. that thought definitely comes across my mind, but there's like addictions and changing habits. That's a whole. Oh yeah. Like definitely. Like if you look at like the TV shows of like the people that are, you know, 800 pounds, like 600 pounds or whatever, uh, they, a lot of them have sweet tooths, like. And like addictions for like food that are so bad for you, like Twinkies and cake puffs and like pop tarts and yeah, something. exactly addictions. Like those bad. are those are all good in moderation, like a little treat. But like those, like those aren't food that, that that's not food that humans weren't meant to eat. Like we weren't supposed to eat all those foods and you know table sugar. Like we ate natural sugar from fruits, <clears throat> which uh, if you notice, eating a fruit, you get that rush but you don't you don't really get a um uh you don't get that crash that you would eating like uh 
ice cream or like a pop tart, like anything really sugary. You don't mm-hmm. get that crash. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like so many other things that like. Well, yeah, I know like the, with the, it, like with 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 like eating um like the 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 feeling of being really full is addictive and stretching your stomach mm-hmm. and so your brain gets sent that signal like oh my god you're really full like this is a nice feeling. Uh-huh. Now you just kind of want to fucking lie down and go to sleep and pass out. I guess it's great. Uh-huh. Um, like that's a really addictive thing too. And really, if you are eating to that point, you're technically mm-hmm. overeating in that moment. Oh yeah. Just for a lot of people, it's just normal. You just fucking eat until you're stuffed full, right? Um, on a on a biological level too, like there's actually this there's bad bacteria in your stomach that uh, they love to eat sugar, and they actually send signals to your brain saying. I want sugar. So that's like, if you look, if you open the fridge and you see a donut, it's going to like immediately tell your brain you want to eat that donut. <laughs> yeah. Like bacteria in your stomach. That's crazy. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. But I think the knowledge, uh, the knowledge, like for me knowing like if I, for like compared to that 350 pound guy who's viewing this and probably saying like, Hey, fuck you, man. Like, it's not that easy. I think for me, I have that, I have a little bit more knowledge than most people on, you know, healthy eating and uh, working out. Like, yeah, well, I mean, of course, like you, well, that's one thing is knowledge is a huge thing. And, you know, you've done your research to look into, you know, how to get healthy, how to have a healthy body, how to gain muscle weight, trim fat, whatever. You know, there are so many videos on the internet and just sources of people throwing information at you, like, you know, buy my thing, whatever, <coughs> finding real information mm-hmm. you're not paying for is tough. Um, well, if I think about it, though. But yeah, you know, you're 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 pretty definitely well versed in that stuff, because I mean, obviously, you're really successful with it. Um, but well, yeah, I've like been doing no, it since I was like in grade nine. Yeah. So people, there are different people that have advantages and disadvantages. Um for sure, you know, not everyone knows that. But I, I think, you know, that at this point, the knowledge, anybody can look at this stuff. You know, like any, mm-hmm. like, the, like the, you know, the ketogenic diet, mm-hmm. like that's common knowledge at this point. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people know about There that. was probably a time where, you know, well, I mean, all the big companies and stuff are throwing out there, you got to eat dairy, you got to eat all this meat, you got to. You got to do this and we're finding out actually dairy is fucking terrible for you. And it turns out that carbs turn into sugar in your stomach and it's even more toxic sometimes than regular sugar. So, um, well, yeah, sure definitely. The... But I, my, my point is, is like, it's, it's definitely common knowledge that, uh-huh. um, you know, how to, how to get healthy, how to cut down blood pressure, how to trim fat, you know, stuff like that just with diet and dieting is 70% of it. And I think. That's why I do think almost anyone can do it mm-hmm. if they have the the willpower and the resolve to make that change. But mm-hmm. I think that you know with what and I think that uh, that logic applies to a lot of situations in life where you, you could victimize yourself uh-huh. and succumb to whatever it is that you're battling. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think for a very on a very small, minute scale for myself, like I have a pretty you know, I have a, a a case of tinnitus where I hear ringing in my ears all the time. So I used to think to myself, okay, I can't sleep at night. So I'm just going to stay awake until my body essentially passes out. So I'm just going to read books. I'm going to play games, whatever, until my body's had enough. And so I just gave up on actually just lying there and trying to sleep at a decent time. 
then I'd always sleep in for school. I'd sleep in for work because I just gave up. I just said, you know what? It's not my fault. I have tinnitus. And I, I gave myself that reason, that excuse to, um, you know, say everybody fuck off. Um, yeah. I don't care if I'm sleeping in, you know, showing up late for school and then later on in life, late, late for work, you know, and waking up to that fact that, okay, am I going to continue to give myself this excuse and victimize myself or am I going to move forward? Now, again, I understand it's a very small scale thing compared to a lot, but I think Oh, I, I definitely a lot of stuff out there, think but... it's a big scale. If it's affected you, like it's affected you a lot. And I'm sure like, it's not curable. Like that's, that's something no. that you're going to have to live with for your whole life. Yeah. And it's just going to get worse too over time. But, um, but yeah, no, I think any, any shifting a, a habit for any human shifting a habit, I think that's a really big deal. Um, but I also believe anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think any person that, you know, is able to think for themselves and make decisions for uh-huh. themselves, I think they can, they can do that. You know, we can shift habits, we can become better. And I think, sadly, I think it's, um, you know, I think, well, like you got fit, you lost this weight, like that makes you an extraordinary person. You know, I think people definitely deserve to be congratulated with that. But how cool would it be if, you know, just like as a society, mm-hmm. it just became more normal to push each other to be better instead of judging each other. And it was a more normal thing to see people succeeding at overcoming these negative habits and, uh-huh. and negative habits with, with their actions, but also with our thoughts. Uh-huh. Um, well, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier with how there's like so many toxic people out there that are just like, they, Oh yeah. You mean people that are closed off? That yeah. Themselves? yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about toxic, but... Well, even then, there's still toxic people out there that... Like you said, you... I don't know. Uh, there are definitely... Okay, I definitely think there are toxic people out there. But I think what I was saying is... There's a lot of people that are very closed off and bitter. Um, so I guess they they can be toxic to people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like especially with customer service people. Um, you're but so, I don't you're think they're... Sort of sales. Yeah, but I don't think they're they're toxic like as a person overall, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't think people usually are intent like in their head, they're not thinking like, okay, how am I going to fucking ruin this guy's day? Like, how am I going to make people, how am I going to make everyone around me uh-huh. miserable? Yeah. yeah. I don't think people usually think that, but I think that people justify doing things that affect other people negatively uh-huh. in their head. Kind of like I justified, you know, uh-huh. basically for a long time uh-huh. showing up late to school and work and stuff because of my tinnitus and not going to bed and sleeping uh-huh. in until it's fucking afternoon every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, th- and if there are, and if there is tech toxic, like a, a per- as a person, uh-huh. there are uh, uh, being toxic. I think those people do exist, uh-huh. but I don't think they exist on the scale that a lot of people in society believe or like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very common, you know, you hear people saying, oh man, like shit's going, like shit's hitting the fan. There are shitty people everywhere. This whole system sucks. We just got to tear it down. Um, I don't think that's the case at all. I just think that the negative voices are really loud. Um, do I think that things are perfect? Obviously not. Well, negative, negative voices affect us a lot more. Oh, I, definitely. Like a positive voice. Yeah. Like. 
okay, like the, that's amazing. If you get, you know, if you get told you're looking good by someone, that's freaking awesome. You're confident. But once one person says like, Oh, oh you look like shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, it, that your day's ruined. Oh, it's true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. I've had that happen where, uh, you know, like just at work or whatever, flirted with a few girls, felt pretty great about myself. Like, Hey, got, got to talk to a couple girls. This is nice. And then, you know, I'm like walking home, some shit and like the wind made my hair look all fucked up. And, uh, you know, because I'm a human being, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and she's like, she's fucking laughs at me because my hair looks ridiculous at that moment. And I'm like, fuck, now I feel awful about myself. Like I should get my fucking haircut. Shit. And I'm like, God damn it. Should I change my outfit tomorrow too? Like, fuck. And then, you know what? I realized like, shit, man, that's just one person. Mm. So yeah, but you're right. Definitely the negative stuff. It's it it sticks right to the forefront of your mind, uh-huh. but should we let that happen? You know, sometimes you have to be rational about those things too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough to uh, uh, keep your chin up, I guess, mm-hmm. just with even small things like that. Um, yeah, so I guess you know, like if, if something as small as that is hard to keep your chin up, obviously, with these really tough things. Mm-hmm much tougher things that people go through. You know, I see where the victimizing yourself comes from. And obviously I think it's sad, but true that most people do victimize themselves and they stay in those vicious cycles of behavior. And a lot of people are unhappy as a result of that. Uh Never overcoming those, uh, those struggles. I think, yeah, I think one of the biggest things for that is addiction. Like I know like alcoholism is a big one. I'm not drinking right now. This is not whiskey in my hand. Uh, yeah, but like you're like obviously a casual drinker. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do like to drink when I drink. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's definitely fun. Um, it, it makes talking easier, uh, socializing easier. That's why people do it, and uh, it's good good way to escape. Um, and that's that's why it becomes an addiction. Is you know you. you you need to relieve stress, so you escape and you drink. <laughs> mm. um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, like uh, I don't really talk about this often, but like my like I know about it firsthand because like, well, my dad's an alcoholic, right? So I've I've seen that, and I like I I see it sucks because I I see like such a good person in him, and I, I love him a lot, but like. There's uh there's so like it's just holding him back so much. Like, what do you mean holding him back? Like holding him back from what? Uh um You mean the alcohol is holding him back? Yeah. Like for like how? Uh well uh for for one, definitely like he, I don't he, you really have to understand um what his goals are in order to like see what it's like it's holding it back from so are you saying like alcohol holds him back like uh from having a successful career is it holding him back from having a good personal life like De- uh definitely uh both, you mean both of those or yeah okay um and how how is it holding him back uh well uh first off like whenever he's hanging out with the family he's always intoxicated and um like when you're intoxicated you can't handle your emotions like you get angry really easily and like he pushes, he can push people away just because he's intoxicated. You know, like he got extremely mad at my cousin 
because her dogs were on the couch. Like, obviously that's a problem, but like you can vacuum it up in five minutes. Like, let's be honest here. You know, like you're not going to ruin your relationship with your nephew over your, over her dogs climbing on your couch. <laughs> yeah. Your you know niece. I mean? Yeah. Um, not to mention like he's had like, I'm pretty sure two DUIs and he lost, he lost his job, um, like quite a while ago and he like was jobless for over a year and there were so many awesome delivery jobs that he could have had just, you know, like get by for a while. Yeah, yeah ex exactly. But he couldn't because it was DUIs on his record, you know? So there's just like so many factors that fall into it and like he's he's never seeked out help for it and he doesn't want to and i think that's a that's a big problem with dick like addicts they don't know when to say no and stop it sometimes yeah well yeah it's uh that's definitely a tough battle when you know it's someone you care about that you're close to and they uh they're stuck in their ways for sure mm -hmm. uh, stuck in their ways and they just they don't you know their brain it's they're dependent on it and uh, they're gonna freak out if they don't have it right at least that's what they think they think the world's gonna end yeah is it gonna be painful probably right i'm um, confronting your emotions that you've been hiding from and bottling up for who knows how long mm -hmm. it's gotta be uh i think there's also a little bit of uh like an ego thing there too like and shame, like how like he's not he's not gonna be sure how he's gonna be looked at, and uh, I think that maybe now like if he's thinking like he quits now, and doesn't drink ever again, or if he just quits now like what are like what what are people gonna think of him if he's quitting an addiction are people gonna see him like he's gonna be worried on people viewing him as he was an alcoholic, whereas he wasn't just a normal person like he did have a problem with drinking alcohol. And he just doesn't want people to know that. But there's also like the fact that once he's he... acknowledging it's a problem if he goes to get help, right? Like, yeah, he doesn't want to acknowledge the fact that he is an alcoholic, maybe like, I don't have a problem. I'm okay. Yeah. But also he thinks about like the future too. Like, oh, okay. So if I actually stop this, I'm never going to be able to have like sit down and have a drink with my son in 20 years, you know, and just like drink it normally well to be honest he's probably not going to be able to have a drink with you in 20 years if he keeps drinking the way he is anyway exactly yeah probably die didn't mean to get all you know depress depressing on you that's okay no it's, no, <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of on the topic well but... I, I definitely i'm not it doesn't affect me anymore like to that level yeah it affects me a lot and well, but of course I, he's your dad yeah i love him so it does affect me but yeah, no, it's definitely toughest when it's uh, people you're close to that are mm -hmm. suffering addiction. Well, I say suffering addiction. I'm, oh man, that's a whole other topic I'm thinking about. Uh, you know, people that have addiction, but, you know, so a lot of time when people are addicted to like heavy drugs, say heavy, like hard drugs or alcohol, mm -hmm. you know, I think there comes a point where, you know, we, they get a lot of leeway by a lot of people in society. Oh, it's not them. They're sick. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not their fault. I agree with that. To a point, though, I think, you know, when they go to rehab, they get clean. They're go, they go through the withdrawal systems. They get clean. They get back out. That's where you make the choice. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. The choice is in your hands at that point. And I just, I have a personal experience as well where I have, um, I have an uncle who, um, we have different dads, by the way, for the listeners that are confused. So <laughs> family's a little bit fragmented, but basically an uncle on my dad's side, um, he's, well, he's a drug addict, um, and he had a family with, uh, my amazing aunt. Um, she's a school teacher. They have two beautiful children. Great, great young kids. Um, but, uh, he's a, he has a drug issue and I just, I remember, I think I was 16 at the time. Um, it's about seven years ago. Um, him saying like, like he got clean and he had like, he had the choice and him saying, you know, I would rather continue my lifestyle like this, enjoying the drugs and my friends than have a, than be with my family. That's scary. Yeah. And he's been like that ever since. And he comes and goes, he comes when he needs money or he has no money and he needs somewhere to stay. And somebody on my dad's side of the family always lets him in and it, it hurts me every time because I see it as like it's enabling him, you know? Yeah. If you keep letting him back in when he needs help and then once he's good to go, you know, once he's got that next paycheck, okay, cool, I'm going to go now and get loaded. Um, it's awful. It is. And I just don't understand how, you know, I talked to my family about it. I just don't understand how that doesn't click with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is that? Why do people enable those things? I just, I'll never, you know, when you see the pain of his children and what they go through. um, I think that goes with, uh, like, uh, in order to move forward, sometimes you got to cut big things from your life. And uh, maybe, maybe not you. Uh, You don't maybe see a problem you know, cutting him from your life because you realize, okay, this guy is like, he's toxic to everyone in my family. He's toxic to me. He's, he's not, he's not doing anything like, you know. Well, I, I I think they're not helping. I don't even know if it's about cutting him out of my life. It's about what's best for him and for everyone, you know, like uh I think enabling his negative habits is not helping him either. Uh And I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, you're just like, you know, this person's an addict, cut him from your life. I'm not saying that either. Mm -hmm. Like, Obviously, you got to try with the person and, you know, try and make, you know, make him realize that he has a problem and whatever. And, you know, you got to make sure he's, he sees that it's a problem and you got to make sure he's like trying to help himself. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of what it goes back to that part where I said, you know, he decided I would rather live like this than have a healthy family life. Yeah. He has made a choice. He's gotten clean a few times Mm. uh, through the years. Or he's come back and he was, you know, he seemed okay for six months and then he'd always fall off again. Um, and it was just a vicious cycle and everybody kept, well, I say everybody, but a lot of people kept falling for it. Um, you know, not suspecting he was trying to hide stuff or, you know, he's acting a little bit different today. Why is that? Why is he all jumpy? Why is he sweating like fucking crazy? Why mm-hmm. is he twitching? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, oh, it's probably because he's a bit loaded up. And uh, yeah, he was, but... No, you're right. It's trying to make sure that you're helping them help themselves, but 
yeah, it goes back to my original point with this topic with addiction. I always believe that there comes a point where you make that choice. And if you make that choice, um, I think you really hurt the people around you. But, uh, and so it's for, it's easy for me to kind of condemn him at this point because he has made that choice so many times after he has gotten clean and everything. Um, and he's got people that love him and support him. Like he's had every advantage, you know, I think we've done everything we can. So why? I think I do have to always ask that, not just because like I want to hear it from him, but hmm. is there something so like fundamentally wrong, like with the family or it's like, possible. was like, you know, what is causing that? Like, what was going on in his life during, like, when his brain was developing, like, for, like, yeah. the first 20 years of his life, you know? Yeah, that's true. Or, like, his whole childhood. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I know for us, we've had an interesting upbringing. Uh, it's affected us in different ways, for sure, probably, mm -hmm. that will, that has shaped us forever. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think that's stuff I try to keep in mind as well with him. But he is a grown man. He's got a family, or he had one, I should say. Um, He's at a point where it's like, like change is almost impossible. Like, I honestly, if I had to make a money, like if I had to make a bet on it, uh -huh. I would bet that he would never get clean, and he will probably die. Uh, young, uh -huh. I say young. He's like, you know, in his forties, but he's probably gonna die a little young. Either because of something to do with drugs or just his health fails him because he keeps doing what he's doing. Um, uh, and I think when that day comes, it's going to be awful for everybody involved. But also, I think it'll be good because it's closure. Yeah. You know, like in the long run, it'll be closure and we can all kind of move on from it because it's, it's something that we think about quite a bit. You know, it's... You know, I know he's not my dad, he's my uncle, but uh, he was a big part of my childhood. So it definitely has affected me, you know. For sure, you care about him. Yeah. And you love him. Yeah, he like drove me to school for like the first seven years of my life, right? Like yeah. every morning he was there. He was there. Uh, and just because he wanted to do it, not because like, you know, mom or dad asked him to. Just because he's like, hey, I'll, I'll help you guys out and drive John to school. Like, he's just like an incredible guy. He just has yeah. a problem. It sucks. And he doesn't want to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. That sucks. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, it's the yin and yang. Like you, you like. There's always a little bit of bad in the good. Yeah. There's always a little bit of good in the bad. But when things go out of balance, it's always dangerous. Yeah. Although I wonder if you can have too much good. <laughs> Maybe. You think you can like have too much good? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, is that possible? Because you said, like, you know, good and bad as a balance. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean... Or do those things... Okay, well, actually, that, that's a, that brings up another topic uh, for me, is, like, are good and evil, do they actually exist? Or are they just kind of things that we've made up? Oh, I definitely think they exist. Like, okay, how, what is good, then? Like, how does good exist? Like, what is your thought? What is your philosophy? <laughs> What is your belief? Whatever you want to call it. 
Oh, wow. This is a good topic, yeah. I've never I've never really thought thought about this too much. Then why do you um why are you sure right, that good right, evil exists? Right, yeah. Okay. Come on, lay it on me. Let's go. Well, I definitely believe that there's some sort of like something after this. I think that there's something after like when You mean after life? Yeah, like an afterlife. Okay. I think they're like somehow our like spirits go on after this. So why do so what is an what does a good and evil have to do with the afterlife? Like uh, you're saying, like heaven and hell, or what? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I. Interesting. I I so I also don't want to be remembered as a bad person when I die. I want to be remembered as a good person. Like I want to be able to do good things in my life, and and it's not just you know for pe- how people view me, but also. Uh, how I can leave my mark on people. Like, how, how can I... How you affect the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I definitely, like, I definitely think there's bad and good, like, murdering people. Like, <laughs> like that's fucking bad. Like, So, if evil exists, that's what evil is. Yeah. Is uh, it, though, or is it, like... I'm going to play devil's advocate, okay? Because, now, I'm not necessarily going to say what my beliefs reflect here, but... Hmm. You know, there's a lot of scientific evidence that just says, well, well, if someone kills someone, it's just because like they have a mental disorder or they're, mm. you know, they're psychotic. There's something wrong with their brain. There is a reason why they find it. Like the only reason that we don't kill each other right now is oh. because, you know, um, like we were conditioned to that it's not okay to yeah. hurt people. We're and like ge- genetically, it's like humans are supposed to. You know, as an evolution thing, we were supposed to cooperate to survive. So that's why to us, killing is horrible. Yeah. It's not because we are good. It's not because yeah. good is a natural force in us. It's just scientifically, it's just how we've evolved. So we're good and evil things that we have made up. And murder mm-hmm. is just a person that isn't right in their brain. There's something wrong with their brain. Mm-hmm. You know, at least for that, that, that applies to like psychopaths and serial killers. You know, there's also murders that are acts of passion in a brief moment, you know, I just grab the bottle, whack your head with it, and well, somehow also, I killed you. They right? also get, like, a huge amount of um, gratification, and uh, not just gratification, but, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not, not entertainment. Um, pleasure? Pleasure, yeah. Right. Like, they get pleasure from that. That stimulates them. Like, Psychopaths, you mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how does? So that's my argument that you know because you're talking about murder being an evil thing. Uh-huh. I'm saying murder might not necessarily be evil. Uh-huh. It's a, it's natural for things to die. It's natural for animals to kill other animals uh-huh. to survive. Yeah. I think killing to me killing because it's fun. That's kind of weird. It seems very wrong to me, but I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily inherent as evil as a force or evil as an entity it might just be that their brain is not wired correctly uh-huh. or they've been conditioned in such a way that that is their reality uh-huh. um well like for most people killing someone can be very traumatizing like if you look at soldiers in the military that well yeah at, but they I'm, all I'm come saying, back with like a little bit of ptsd <laughs> right and i'm saying it's because it's not natural for humans to kill each other mm-hmm. i i think biologically we've evolved like as i was saying we've evolved to cooperate to survive that's how that's how humans have gotten as far as we have we're not as strong as lions or fast we're not you know or, or bears several things we're horrible uh-huh. in water we're uh-huh. useless in water 
but we've managed to take advantage of water sailing over top of it because our intelligence is working together, collaboration. That's how we have evolved. We have evolved to collaborate. Mm. We have not evolved to kill each other. And that's why when normal people kill other people, that it's damaging. Not because it's like, oh, I have done something evil mm. because evil is a force and I'm like yeah. damaged from doing evil. I think it's well to me, how we like, because of how we've evolved. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm probably I mean, I'm giving you a hard time. I just I really want to <laughs> get this out of you. Where you think this good and evil come from? I think from a young age, like I've always just wanted to do good and be good, and like uh, like like you said, uh, it could have just been like you know trained in my brain that you know I get a dopamine kick from doing something good, or like you know like whenever you do something good, your mom or your dad is always like cheering you on like good job man like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wow that was awesome you like you feel good about that they don't and then like for example my mom she sent me to my room every time i did something bad she well did. your mom too yeah we have this we have the same mom <laughs> brothers with the same mother yeah i know um, it's not as cool as brother from another mother but whatever yeah, whatever uh and that for me was that was shitty because like i loved talking to people and socializing it's not the same for everyone. I know a lot of people would rather sit in the room and isolate themselves. Well, yeah, no. Okay, so getting back on topic. Do you, so you still think that good and evil exist? Yes. How, though? Uh, you, just, you haven't told me how or why yet, man. I want to go on. Well, I think that, like, when it comes down to it, like... Uh, we don't, like like I said before, okay, we, well, I think there's an afterlife. I think we move on from this. And I think that, you know, people that are extremely evil or bad, whatever go you want to say. And good go, people go to heaven. Yeah, but, like, I don't I don't view it as, like, well, that's how it is, heaven and hell. Like, it can be anything. Right. It's just These are just, like, our afterlife norms that we yeah. know as. Sure, yeah. sure. That's fine. This is just what we can call them. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be, like, anything. We could be... Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> if you kill enough people, you get to go, Rome. Only if you die in glorious battle. Yeah. That's good. No, but... um, I, I don't know. That's a tricky question to answer. I, I, a part of me, because of what I've been saying, you know, I, my intention was just to act as devil's advocate, but saying that stuff, it kind of makes me wonder if good and evil do actually exist. Um, even if they're like... I guess, well, yeah, I mean, looking at it from your perspective, if an afterlife does exist, does everybody get to have an afterlife? I mean, probably. Well, I mean, that's, but are there like that's how apparently alternate ghosts, realms of like, afterlife? Apparently ghosts are formed like spirits yeah, but, get trapped on earth. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. So they're trapped on earth. So like, are you saying those are the bad ones and then the good ones get to move on? Uh, maybe. Right. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know if the afterlife thing works because I think everybody dies. Everybody should have an afterlife. I don't see why they wouldn't. Like, scientifically, I mean, if afterlife exists and our energy somehow gets to live on in some way, where does this energy go? And why would people, like... That would mean that your actions and the things that you've done in life affect your 
like your energies of being when you die that like passes on somewhere. I just, I don't know. I guess scientifically I can't wrap my head around that, but I'm also not a scientist. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Kind of digging my own grave there. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I've always wanted to believe a good and evil exists. I think, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to be, well, for me, I wanted to be a Jedi, a hero, um, good side, light side and dark side of the force, whatever. Um, but I think that, I think that, uh, I think that we've created good and evil, um, ourselves and we can't even really fully explain them ourselves. It's just kind of like a, you know, I think good is contributing, bringing stuff to the table, helping others. That's what good is. Selflessness, compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, Humble. And I think, you know, when you see like those acts in nature, we find it incredibly cute and endearing, you know, like when a dog helps another dog or, you know, like this puppy is protecting a baby. Oh, that's uh-huh. so cute. This, this dog is protecting babies. Oh. Um, you know, uh-huh. and then we look at like, a lion fucking killing, you know, an innocent little kid animal. We hate the lion. But, I mean, that's just what it is. That's just the way things are. That lion's not evil. Uh-huh. It's just this just, way but, of life. So, so if you look at that, is the dog really good then? Or is that just the dog's way of life to protect its master? It's just what the dog does. And I, I think that's just kind of how I see it, which is a really depressing, pessimistic way because to look at stuff i just i don't know um hmm. i'm starting to fade a bit yeah well maybe we'll pick up on that uh 2 a.m subject later it's two o'clock sorry viewer but the yawning and the background noise if there has been any background noise uh this is our test run first ever pilot probably episode zero um may come out in the future may not um if you're still listening thank you for bearing with us hopefully you enjoyed it and um until next time maybe we'll see you in the den again bye-bye